Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are going to work more on the phases of the real estate market correction. Julie, I am bringing you in. Welcome to today's right, podcast, my dear. Yeah, you sound fantastic. So we're going to be talking about the different phases. We're almost done with the first phase. Um, and then what we're going to do, I don't know if we're going to, be able to successfully do it this week. I don't know if you guys knew this. Some of you listening for the first time to us. Uh, we are living in Puerto Rico, moved down here three weeks ago, and we are expecting our first hurricane. So if there's a replay, and we're not talking about the faces of the real estate market, uh, you know, how to prepare for a recession. If we're not talking about that tomorrow, it's because our electricity got knocked out. Okay, so just give yes. you heads up to that. It's one of the hazards of winning, uh, living in the Caribbean, but such is the way. Um, it's so also how you know this is gonna... live and timely. as <laughs> evidence. That's there you right. go. So we're going to be talking about phase one, finishing it up, and then um, what we're hoping to do this week, not promising, what we're hoping to do is talk to you guys about how specifically how to prepare your own real estate business for a recession. Um, and I'm going to give you a little, just a couple seconds on that topic because I received a lot of great feedback about this particular topic over the just emails and texts. You guys all, and by the way, if you guys ever need to text me, it's 512-758-0206. Please just send a text. I'd hardly ever answer the phone to just text. Um, and uh, if you're wanting us to drill down more on a particular topic, uh, if you want us to, um, you know, talk about something that maybe you don't think we're talking about enough, just let us know, and Julie and I are very, very receptive to your suggestions. We do this podcast for you guys. This is the number one listened-to daily podcast in the nation uh, for real estate agents, um, and uh, yeah, this guy, we do this every single day for you guys. So if you don't, if you like what we're doing, let us know. If you want more of something, let us know. If you don't like what we're doing, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. No, we we'll even <laughs> listen to criticism. I want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. So anything you guys have, just let us know. And uh, so look. We're doing this podcast, the series of podcasts, and I'm going to just take, you know, give you a peek behind the curtain. Here's why. Uh, because, you know, you guys, you know, maybe you do, don't, don't know, I don't know. Julie and I have been coaching since the late 90s. And we um, have been coached, we've coached agents more formally, certainly since like 2004. But we have seen the effects of four different recessions. Now, the first few recessions were really not that significant that we lived through, you know, going all the way back to the late 80s. Well, really, the, you know, I'm sorry, the late 90s. And so when you look at the recessions, as far as what effect that they have, for the most part, um, everyone can get through it. It's not that big of a deal. You've got to change your skills. You're going to have to, in some markets, you know, most markets, frankly, but it's going to become more of a, you know, a buyer's market than a seller's market. But for the most part, there's not a big washout. Last recession, though, come on now, the one that happened in 07. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I have to put this in context because a lot of you guys are scared shitless about another 07. And I just want to make it really clear. I don't think it's going to happen. Don't see any evidence that this is going to be a recession anywhere near as bad as that. Um, so please don't overreact. Don't freak out. But here's what you must be doing. 
absolutely positively must be doing is you're going to have to really, and we're going to give you a very drilled down points on this, like I said, hopefully later this week or maybe next week, depending on how big the storm is. And, uh, yeah, you're going to have to really be taking a hard look at mostly your expenses. And by expenses, I mean really every single thing on a business and personal side. And it, we're going to, you know, it's, it's going to be painful for some of you. And we're going to tell you exactly some stories and some experiences that some of you guys have had. And, and the reason that we're doing this is because the last recession, this part's a little depressing, but I'm just telling you, you know, warning you ahead of time, we saw – so many people that we'd known, loved from our Howard Britton days, from our, you know, all these people that we knew, we saw so many of them lose everything um, because they, were, they did not have any clue how bad the housing slowdown would be. Um, we had some friends commit suicide that were in the real estate business. We knew all kinds of horrible things that were happening. And Julie, I don't want to amp on this, so just don't add nope. on. But the, the nope. gist of it was I know what you're talking is, about. Is that, ex- that experience having um, received those and, and that didn't, it wasn't just like six months either. This, the whole housing shit show lasted, you know, arguably from mid uh, 2007 and really didn't start showing signs of any kind of recovery until most markets until 2010. And many of you, I would say most of you are still licking your wounds from that slowdown. And, you know, so you're the ones I'm most focused on because you're the ones now that are freaking out thinking there's going to be another real estate ice age, and I don't honestly think there's going to be. I think this is going to be a different kind of recession. I think housing's going to, you know, there's going to, it's definitely going to take a couple shots, but it's not anything that's going to put you guys back on your heels. I could be wrong, right? And so the Boy Scout in me tells me to, uh, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. And so that's going to be the point of the notes that we're going to share with you towards the end of this week into next week. But in preparation for that, I want you to mentally start thinking about really, frankly, expecting more of yourself as far as your money management, because that's what catches people by surprise. So closing that loop, what happened after the last recession, and this is the pattern that agents and brokers follow, is they did not take action fast enough. Now, I wasn't expecting agents to, you know, know how to have any sort of forecasting abilities or reading tea leaves to know that the market was going to, you know, essentially correct back in 07. There's no reason to believe that the industry would necessarily have known. So it's what happened after it was obvious that the market was in a corrective cycle. That's where people screwed up. So they took too long to cut expenses. They took too long to get rid of some of the silly things that they only do during a hot seller's market. I'm talking about branding. I'm talking about marketing. I'm talking about all the crap you guys are doing now. What happens is all that shit costs money, and you don't cut it fast enough. And then what happens is you. this is the exact thought that happens. Oh, I had a crappy month. Oh, you know what? Whatever. We're good. We have to lower some prices. We'll we'll survive. No, no, no cuts, no layoffs, no nothing's going to change. And then month two, then month three. And then usually if you can survive six months, at that point you burn through all your personal savings. You buy it against your house. I know this rings true with a lot of you, and I know that even me bringing this up on this podcast is making you sweat. So I want you to feel the fear that you are, you know, rightfully should be experiencing and know that that fear is your your intellects wanting to avoid a sort of financial you know, essentially crash. So that's what I'm hoping you guys are getting from this. You've got time to self-correct, but you've got to be proactive about it. And don't wait. Again, if you wait, you know, Tim and Julie, they might be wrong. 
you know what, I'm just going to wait until somebody, so a whole bunch of other people are saying the same thing, or I'm going to wait until I see my own personal economy change, then it's too late because you won't be able to change fast enough. So if your whole business is predicated on buying leads, if your whole business is predicated on teams and expansion teams and all the rest of this, you're going to experience a financial apocalypse that is probably going to be something that will take you out of being able to wealth build for at least a decade. That's what's happened to a lot of people. Those are the folks that you know are now listening, and hopefully they're not going to make the same mistakes that they did before. But you know, most people do. Most people continue to make the same mistakes over and over again through their entire lives. You can break that cycle if you just listen to what I'm suggesting now. You don't have to have, you know, essentially times in your life when you're doing great and times in your life when you're doing terrible. You don't have to live like that. That is completely voluntary. You guys can have long periods of ever-increasing success, like your whole life, your whole career. Warren Buffett, great quote, um, you know, he said, America likes to celebrate the comeback story. He said, I like to celebrate the person that made it and never lost it. I thought that was a really, you know, yeah, that makes total sense. So if you're seeing yourself follow the same pattern that you did back before the 07, you know, correction crash, if you're doing the same dumb things you did back then, don't think you're going to have a different outcome. So do something different about it now. If you guys want to talk with me about that, you can text me. And I'm going to tell you right now, and some of you are going to raise your eyebrow when I say this, but I don't honestly care. Um, the number one place you guys can all be saving money and uh, is what you're essentially the arrangement you have with your broker. That's something you all need to be taking into serious consideration because some of you are paying. You say you're 100%, but you're not. You're still paying like a royalty fee of 6% and things like that. Your two biggest expenses that you are just accepting are taxes, which you have to pay, obviously, and a broker split. But if you make $10,000, for example, and you're on a – let's say you're on a great commission split of 80-20, but there's no cap, so you're always paying 20%. And then you figure in your state and your local taxes and all the other taxes you pay, and then you figure in your personal and business expenses. That $10,000 is usually – completely and totally wiped out and you guys don't know it because you never thought like that so i want you to seriously consider actually making a move before it's too late i know a lot of you guys are knowing that we're doing a lot of work with the exp realty if you want to talk with me about exp realty it's easy just text me it's 512-758-0206 512-758-0206 and i'll be more than happy to talk with you about exp realty that's probably one of the first things that most of you need to consider doing so do consider what i just said as well you make ten thousand dollars how much are you paying to your broker best case scenario you're only paying two thousand dollars right now some of you guys have gotten addicted to paying referral fees so if you bought that lead there goes another 35 percent now you're basically down to less than 50 50 then you have your own personal taxes which are probably with state taxes around what 30 percent maybe and then okay now you have what personal expect you guys get my point you're not making any money and you don't know it you don't know why i just shed some light on it that's the reason that you do deals, but you don't have any savings. That's the reason that you're doing deals, but you're accumulating debt, because you don't actually know how to crunch your numbers. That's the reason I want you guys to ask us for help. Let us help you. Let us prepare you so when you go, when this next real estate cycle starts, which is, it is starting for sure, and, and we're going to get to phase two in a second, when that happens, you're going to have cash. You're going to have a, a, an ability to quickly take advantage of you know, frankly, buying opportunities. Julie and I bought a ton of rental properties during the last crash. It was amazing. So a lot of you guys did. 
many of you I know became as a result of being able to buy stuff during the last correction, you became millionaires. Some of you became multimillionaires. It's coming our way again. Are you paying attention? So text me if you want to talk about EXP Realty, 512-758-0206. Julie, I don't want to talk about phase one anymore because it's nope, all, we're done. Duh. they know it. I no, want you to go it. to phase two. They, they already know all about phase yeah. one because they've been living through it. Okay, so let's talk about phase two. Yes, okay, and I think phase two is actually the most interesting because it causes sure. them to have to be really frosty about what they're seeing in their own market. Um, but you're right, don't wait. It, it's so funny, sometimes, well, not funny, kind of sad and concerning really from a coaching standpoint that in phase two, and we'll talk deeply about this in just a second, many times they don't want to see it, right? They, 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 maybe they have one out of five listings that's taking a little bit longer to sell, and they don't want to believe that that's a leading indicator. And then their next listing, they luck out, and they've got multiple offers, so everything's okay. And they put so much more value on that than on the fact that it's going to take longer, especially in the higher-end stuff. So here, here's something, and I want to tie in that article that you sent me, from uh, oh, yeah. CNBC to this. Okay. Actually, so Julie, here's, let, let's set that up. Yeah. Hold on. Let's set that okay. up. Okay. So one of the so back when um, Julie and I were uh, we didn't have a podcast and we were just doing webinars back in oh late oh six, in late oh six we did um, a pod or I guess a podcast we did a webinar where we were talking about and this is back when everyone thought the market was going to continue to go up and you know real estate was the winning you know Willy Wonka golden ticket kind of thing. Um, so what happened was is that uh, I specifically, Julie and I, actually saw some interesting things that were happening on the very, very, very high end of the market, which most people don't pay attention to, not just in real estate, but also in art and collectible cars. And we saw it happening and just things like that that only the wealthiest of the wealthy pay attention to. Now, why did we do that? Why were we paying attention to that? Because it just makes sense that people in that stratosphere are going to be the leading indicators of what's going to happen next. And this is my thinking. And I'm, this is what the article she's about to read you. If somebody who's a billionaire billionaire, uh, if they are not spending money, <laughs> okay, it must be because they think that they're, they're not feeling optimistic about what's coming. That's what I essentially see happening now. The exact same thing that Julie and I saw happening in late 06 and 07 is happening now. So, Julie, if you want to summarize that article, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So, this is from today on CNBC. Okay. So, here are the leading bullet points. A sudden pullback in spending among the wealthy could cascade down to the rest of the economy and create a further drag on growth. Next bullet point. High-end real estate is having its worst year since the financial crisis. Those of you who sell on the high end, and we've got many, many examples, not just from our elite coaching clients, but from our premier coaching clients, and certainly you guys as podcast listeners, you already know this. High-end real estate, worst year since the financial crisis. Next, luxury retailers are struggling while discounters like Walmart and Target thrive. Next bullet point. At this month's massive Pebble Beach car auctions, the most expensive cars faltered on the block. It's not, and I was reading further down this article, Tim, it's not just that they sold for less. They didn't sell at all. So yeah. then the next bullet point, in the first half of 2019, art auction sales were down for the first time in years. So the rich have cut their spending on everything from homes to jewelry, sparking fears of a trickle-down recession that starts at the top. 
you can stop me at any time here. I'm kind of trying to summarize here. No, that's it. Yeah. You, okay. you read the bullets. Yeah, just you read the bullets. That was it. They get the gist of it. The rest of the article yep. is just semantics. But that's the gist of it. Mm -hmm. So what we saw happening back then is happening now. And I, I've always, Julie and I have told you guys if we saw any of the early indicators happening again. And you can talk about all this wonkish stuff, which, frankly, I don't completely understand. You know, the inverse yield curve, the fact that they're talking about doing QE4, the fact they're talking about doing, you know, uh, there was a payroll. Hey, guys, caught this, there, what, two weeks ago maybe? There was words that there were floating around, you know, the idea that there was going to be a payroll tax holiday. In other words, people that are receiving their paychecks were going to have no federal taxes taken out just to try to boost the economy. You're going to see some interesting things. And again, those of you who are paying attention back in 07, 08, 09, do you remember all the things? Actually, when before Obama was president, when Bush was president, he was doing all kinds of shit to try to get people to motivate. They were giving like people, they were sending money, checks in the mail. They were giving you all kinds of I remember that. consumers to right. spend money. Yeah. They're trying to get consumers mm -hmm. to spend all kinds of money. So when you see all of these things happening, especially the really wealthy people pulling back, that's real. That's real. That's not political. So when I first started hearing this uh, recession chatter uh, maybe two, three months ago, really longer than that. I don't really pay attention to the news. But when I started hearing that pick up amongst things that weren't CNBC or weren't Bloomberg because those are politicized, you know, when I started seeing it on some of the financial things I pay attention to, then I saw the uh, the wealthy people reports coming out that we're telling you about. Guys, I promise you it's real. There's no – do not read between the lines. Do not question our motivation. It's real. There's going to be a recession. It's going to happen probably within the next 12 months, and it's going to affect you. That's it. That's the bottom line. We cannot – I cannot, you know, state a clearer – Warning than that. And so, again, so Julie, finish talking about phase two if you can. Yeah, absolutely. So and w what I just read sounds an awful lot like the following, okay? Phase two, the peak, otherwise known as reality check time, is the party over? So here's what you start to see. Increasingly jittery owners attempt to sell out before the party ends. The supply starts to jump as the prices stagnate inflection point where the market could sell off again, or it could become more of a buyer's market. Here's an evidence. The supply of homes for sale during the all-important spring market rose at a higher rate, okay? We've got uh, mortgage applications are changing as well as the interest rates happen. But point number A is what I really uh, noticed when I was reading that article. Point A in the changing market phase two, aspirational pricing comes to an end. Think about the art market, the car market, the luxury high-end market, aspirational. I love that term. Aspirational pricing yeah, comes to an end. Now, they may still be trying it for a while, but now we're starting to see one of the most common questions I get in Premier Coaching. It's all about price reductions. How do I get them to be realistic? So point B, longer days on the market. Now, some of you guys that have only been selling in a hot seller's market think that longer days on the market is just awful if you reach two weeks. Or heaven forbid, two months. Oh my gosh! But all of our great little veterans are going two months. That's still pretty good, okay? But longer days on the market, and of course you want to take that with a grain of salt, depending on what your market's been acting like. It could be two days instead of two seconds, two weeks, two months. We'll define it. But longer days on the market. Next, fewer offers. Sometimes, oh no, this is shocking. 
only one offer. Multiple offers start to go away. And then, point D, rarely over asking price. You're not getting 103, 110% of asking price anymore. Sometimes they're actually selling for a little bit less than asking price. Point E, appraisal issues start to become an issue again. And I, I see this on our premier coaching. I've seen an increase of cash buyers asking for appraisals. It's not required. They're just making sure they're not doing something stupid. That's an indication of a phase two market. F, inspection issues are starting to get negotiated again. Also a very hot topic on premier coaching right now is how to get that secondary inspection resolved so that you can actually close. Remember, in a hot seller's market with multiple offers, you don't get to ask for a bunch of crap on the inspection, but that's changing right now. Next, transaction management becomes much more challenging. You have deals that have both appraisal and inspection issues. Next point is H, new construction slows down, and you start to see builder incentives. Builder incentives can be many different things, but when it's super hot and there's not enough inventory, multiple offers, builders don't have to offer incentives. So when you start seeing that rear up again, you know it's a changing market. Another indicator is point I, expired listings increase. I see that as huge opportunity for all of you guys. I hope you do as well. And by the same token, don't let your own, exp your own listings expire. We have a rule in Premier Coaching. You're only allowed to list other people's expireds. You're not allowed to have them yourself, which means you've got to be on top of it price reductions, price it better in the first place, all of that kind of thing. Okay, which leads us to perhaps the most important point, point J in phase two, sellers become much more selective with whom they list with. They value agent skills again. The key differentiator is not your internet marketing, your likes or follows, it's the fact that you got their neighbor's house sold. Much more selective. I'm hearing through our coaching team that agents are having to compete more they're being surprised by it not just being a slam dunk just because they hung out with this person for a while and they became friends. Even repeat clients are being more careful. I'm hearing six or seven different agents interviewed in some cases before that person decides, and sellers are taking longer to make that decision. They're being more Let's selective. Let's drill down on that. Let's drill yep. down on that for just a second. So a lot of you um, are discovering maybe this podcast and our coaching for the first time. And many of you have built your businesses, quote unquote, around centers of influence and past client prospecting. Centers of influence are not prospecting, but basically passive lead generation. So centers of influence and past clients, we always want you guys to have that as your first spoke because it's the easiest one, but it is insane to make it your only spoke. What Julie just talked about was critical that you understand. Those of you who have been getting your business through referrals are going to be gutted because what happens is your sellers in a seller's market, sellers in a, in a seller's market are not particular who they list with. They do not really care. And if you sent them a, you know, bag of goodies at Halloween or what the hell ever you may have done, you know, forget me not seeds in April pumpkin. Well, all right, whatever. I'll list it with Bob. Yeah, he's okay. I don't care. I know if I put, I know it's going to sell itself. I saw my neighbor's house is selling 22 seconds. So I'm just going to list it with whoever. As soon as that market is over, which it is for the most part in the country or going to be obviously so in a matter of months, then the sellers become super particular. 
And then they're going to start, and this, this creates opportunity for agents who have been getting beat by the centers of influence past client types. Well, I'm just going to list with my friend from church because I've known them forever. As soon as the market starts to tighten, and agents, you know, essentially that do not have listing skills, they do, oh, I, what are you talking about, Tim? Every appointment I go on, I get, yeah, because you only go on listing appointments where the people know you or your mom. I mean, it's not a real competitive listing appointment. A competitive listing appointment is something that many of you have never experienced. It's where you walk in, where you have to compete against two or three other agents, and you don't have any social or center of influence past client connection with that seller. You're there just to compete to earn the listing to prove to the seller that you're the agent for them for the job of selling your house. Many of you have never experienced that. By many, I mean pretty much all of you have never actually experienced that. If you do not know how to win in a competitive listing environment, if you do not know how to you know, essentially deal with sellers who are very particular who they're going to list with, how are you going to last? How are you? You think you're going to work buyers? You think that's where you're, that, that's your home run, you're going to work buyers? Well, buyers are even harder to work with in a changing market because they don't want to catch a falling knife. They're going to be all panicky about buying too soon. Do, you know, prices are going to continue to fall. Oh, what are you talking about, Tim? I can always just tell them, you know, that the prices have always gone up historically. The da, 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 da. That's not how it works. What's going to happen is the buyers are going to read reports. The buyers are going to get nervous. The buyers are going to see mortgage application. Uh, there was a report this morning about mortgage uh, qualification stuff tightening up again. So what then is going to happen is if you don't know how to go after listings, you're going to struggle like you've never struggled before. These are all factual things. If you don't believe Julie and I, then go talk to anybody who's been in the business for as long as we have, and they'll tell you the same thing. Here's an interesting point. Julie and I actually sold real estate. We sold real estate at a high level, 100 to 200 houses a year for almost 10 years. We never sold in a seller's market. Now, we've coached agents in seller's markets, obviously, but we've personally never sold in a seller's market. In our MOS, when we sold real estate, the average days in the market was 121. Now, fortunately, ours was a lot less than that, but the moral of the story is that was average. This is the, Some of them took a lot yeah, longer. Was, yeah. Right, exactly. But the moral of the story is, is that's called a normal market. A normal market is approximately 90 days in the market, and many of you have never experienced this before. Why am I telling you all this? The same reason I started with the top at the top of the show. You need to be getting ready. You need to prepare yourself. Here's the, and Julie, we can round the bend because I know you have to get to the premier coaching mm -hmm. call. Yep. Here's the thing that you guys. Here's the thing that you need to do if you've not done this yet. Text the word Harris. H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. And when you do, you're going to be given six free books, including the Real Estate Treasure Map. I think that's probably one of the most favorite books that, you know, based on the feedback that we've ever written. We give that to you. It's your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. Um, absolutely get that done. It, you know, it, Julie wrote this. We, we worked on this. We revise it all the time. But you get that for free. You get five of their books as well. And you're also entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And they're going to help you with the real estate treasure map. They're going to help you focus on, frankly, what you can do now to get ready for what's going to come next. Over-prepare, guys. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. That's what this series of podcasts is all about. Don't be overly scared. Don't overreact. You have time. If I thought that there were, you know, literally there's supposed to be a hurricane that's going to hit Puerto Rico um, later today. And so, yeah, that's a storm that's coming. If I thought there was a hurricane that was right on your own personal, you know, your own personal economic horizon, I would tell you I don't. But the early, early indicators that we've been telling you guys about the past few shows, they're all there. And I haven't seen them 
uh, in this frequency, uh, frankly, since 07. I haven't seen it really late 06. That's the last time I've seen the upper, upper end. I'm not talking just about real estate. Real estate, upper end people pulling back, that's been going on for three years, especially in New York. But now that we're seeing it in other collectible things, I mean, here, just to drive a point home with that, if you are a billionaire or uh, hundreds of millionaire and you're deciding when you're out in Monterey, California just two weeks ago not to buy your expensive whatever dream car and you've got the money, you could pay for it a billion times over, but you're not doing it. What the hell is going on? Is it because you're worried about – we've gone to those auctions before, and we've seen those you know, billionaires bidding against each other. Usually they have people that are bidding for them, right? But, yeah, occasionally you're going to see you know, Ralph Lauren, or you're going to see some of these other huge car collectors. When you see these people, they don't really worry too much about overpaying for something. If they want it, they buy it, except if they're worried about what's going to happen in the economy. That's an early indicator that you need to pay attention to. So please, guys, react. Don't overreact. If you need to get a hold of me, it's 512-758-0206. Again, just text me, 512-758-0206. Hopefully, we'll talk to you live on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.